Faces and Feels podcast is brought to you by Pario. Pario Magazine is a bi-monthly physical print magazine highlighting individuals with a desire to create. The latest issue of Pario Magazine is a special Aussie wrestling edition focusing on the heroes behind the scenes. Find Pario online at www.pariomagazine.com.au. What it is, what's up, and welcome everyone to Faces and Feels. I'm your host, Rafe Houston, and today I am joined by a very special guest. It is the former Deathmatch Down Under heavyweight champion, the one and only Skylord as Kid Valiant. How are you today, sir? I am great. How are you feeling, my friend? I am feeling good, man. It's uh, so nice to get a chance to talk to you on here. Uh, we're fresh off the Spiders event. I was fortunate enough to be in the house and got a chance to meet you face-to-face. So it's nice to see you again, and uh, how are you feeling? Um, you know, fresh off that Spiders event, you know, it's surreal, but it's also quite upsetting about what happened afterwards. Mm-hmm. But um, it's good to see you, man, over the uh, in the virtual world. <laughs> exactly right. Well, it's a bit noisy when you're at live events, so you only get to have uh, you know a brief interaction. So it, it's going to be nice to get to know each other. And we won't uh, jump straight into spiders yet. That will be the thought on everybody's mind. But let's just rewind all the way back and get to know about your history with professional wrestling. Yeah. So when you think about the first faces that stood out to you in professional wrestling when you start getting into it, who jumps out to you, man? Gotta say, Rey Mysterio, man. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know the small underdog wrestler, which is I very much relate to being the you know the underdog mm-hmm. of most professional wrestling matches. Mm-hmm. Um, no, he's just great. He seems like a genuine human being too, and just what he did in the ring for that time and era of professional wrestling, especially the late nineties and early two thousands, was just unbelievable. The whole high flying style, the lucha libre, and just the way he carries himself mm-hmm. is very much how I want to be. Yeah. He's a, um, he's a consummate professional, right? Like he's one of those, like, I mean, we live in an era where a lot of, I guess our role models and stuff let us down pretty often, but he doesn't come across like the kind of guy that's ever going to do that. You know, like he, he seems like one of the really good ones. Yeah. He just seems like a genuine and humble dude. I mean, um, I believe he's done a lot of charity work too. Mm-hmm. And like, of course, grants a lot of make wishes that are, yeah, some people do it, but people do it just for the publicity sake. But Ray just seems to do it for, like, good cause. And, like, he's just a genuine human being. And, you know, I look up to him. He was also one of my favorites, if not the – actually, no, he's not my favorite wrestler of all time. No, I'll take that back. Um, Ray Mysterio is one of my all-time favorites um, in that sake. Um, another face that stands out to me is uh, CM Punk. Um He's my favorite wrestler of all time. Yeah, right. Okay. Um, his work in ECW was unbelievable. Just um, even his promos, like he's great on the mic, and no one can top him. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, it's controversial hot topic. Uh, CM Punk's the best on the mic, mm-hmm. um, and he always will be the best on the mic in my eyes. But uh, nah, he's also another face. Um, who else? You know, John Cena, Randy Orton for 
obvious reasons, just the charisma and like the hierarchy of where they are in the wrestling world. Mm-hmm. But other than that, Rey Mysterio is the main focus for me that stood out. Yeah, absolutely. And I think think he would be as well for like a lot of uh, smaller wrestlers. I mean, he was the first guy of that sort of stature to really do it, you know, on that big level and to really obtain that. So I, I feel like that story of him kind of maybe making people go, oh, I could, I could do this, is pr- a pretty common one, you know, and a pretty understandable one as well. Um, where were you and how how did wrestling come across your, your doorway? You know, be, being like growing up in Australia, we don't really have it everywhere like they do in America. So how were you first exposed to it? Uh, my father, my father was the reason why I watched wrestling or even got into wrestling. So my dad used to do backyard wrestling oh, growing right. up. Yeah. That's he used awesome. to do backyard wrestling, you know, jumping off the roof, doing uh-huh. moonsaults and everything like that. Jesus. Yeah. Um, dad used to have a lot of burnt, uh, DVD copies of like TNA and early WWE videos. So the DVDs were left uh, laid around or, um, I remember going into my parents' room when they were dead asleep and I woke up from my room and I used to just walk down the little hallway mm-hmm. and uh, old TNAs playing on the uh, on the TV. So I just crawled up, watched some wrestling, fall asleep. Um, you know, just the old copies of early 2000 wrestling was just everywhere around the house. I mean, Dad was very much into it, but because he's getting older, he started getting into like UFC and everything. Mm-hmm. But um, I could really got to thank my dad for that. Because so, so my it was dad, just, just everywhere. Yeah, wow. Yeah, wow, exactly. It was like in the house, uh, you know, there's pictures of dad with, I think it's the old WWF championship somewhere. Yeah. Um, you know, the, he has a Rey Mysterio mask. Um, yeah, it was just everywhere in the house. Well, everywhere my dad was anyway. So, um, yeah. yeah, i got to thank my dad for it all. Yeah, that's awesome. And when you decided that you wanted to maybe start to you know train and and look into that kind of stuff was that something he approved of or is he kind of is it kind of like that no I went down that road I don't want you to do it sort of thing oh no um both my parents were very much supportive of this yeah uh because I've been saying it ever since I was a little kid I used to call up my grandparents on the phone just leaving voicemails being like oh I'm going to Japan. I'm going to wrestle this person or I'm going to America now and I'm wrestling this person. Um, nah, they were both very much supportive. Um, I managed to get into contact with a, uh, I don't know if he wrestles anymore. He's called War Machine, mm-hmm. Kane Morozov um, from NAW. Uh, he got me in contact with George, the Hitman Julio. Mm-hmm. Um, I did a little tryout there. Um, George was like, okay, when do you want to come in? I'm like, um, 15 year old me is like, I don't know what day to come into wrestling training. You just kind of put me on the spot. Yeah. And my dad was there seeing me bump around and just saw my dad smile and just him seeing how much passion and how much love I have for this. It just made everything, you know, come to place. So I come from two very loving and supportive parents and I cannot be any more grateful than I am what right now. Yeah, that's awesome, man. Has your uh, dad shown you any tips and tricks of the trade? <laughs> uh, look, we we used to wrestle a lot on the trampoline and just like uh-huh. even jiu-jitsu and like it was like, oh, you could do this or like you can do that better. Like we sometimes sit down, watch my matches back and then he gives me some feedback or he's like, oh, maybe next time you can hit that move instead. So he's 
yeah, dad's always helped me out where he can. That's cool. I've only ever spoken to one other wrestler, I think, that has a father that's in wrestling, and that's the Process MM3. I don't know if you've heard of him, but he's a third-generation wrestler. Both his oh, wow. grandfather and father were wrestlers. And, <laughs> and him and his dad used to, like, tag team together and stuff and do death oh, matches and stuff. It was crazy. <laughs> but it's not something that you hear of, and quite often, you know, the story is... Uh, the parents don't always approve, but, you know, they're happy I do it, but they don't really want to see it and all that kind of stuff. So it's such an interesting take on it to me that, that you know, your biggest fan really is him and he's also somebody <laughs> that, you know, dabbled in it himself and can give you, you know, legitimate feedback and, and critiques and stuff. That's really cool. Uh, I mean, yeah, Dad did back out of wrestling. He didn't get into the professional side of it, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Um I don't know the full reason behind it, or if I do, I've just completely spaced out and forgot. <laughs> yeah. um, but he's done a tryout, I think, mm-hmm. at PCW, but it was just a bit too far for him. So mm-hmm. I think that's why he didn't pursue into it. But, you know, he knows other people who are into professional wrestling to um, a name that I won't say because a lot of people don't like him, but that's okay. Um, so... You know, he's got a lot of insight. He's got a lot of advice. So he knows what he's talking about. He's got a good mind for wrestling, even though he's not in yeah, in it himself. Absolutely. I mean, it's completely valid for, you know, fans and longtime fans and stuff to, to know this stuff. You know what I mean? You watch hundreds and hundreds of, an hour, of hours of, you know, wrestling and stuff. It's possible to have an opinion and, and, to, <laughs> and to critique it and stuff. I like to think I have a little bit of a mind for it, you know, after the mm. the pure volume of wrestling like I've digested over the, <laughs> the, you know, the entirety of my life. So as you start to get into it and stuff, you obviously began uh, under a mask. Were you immediately Kid Valiant or was that a name that came up later? How did you start to, you know, sort of develop that persona? Oh, so... Kid Valiant was given to me. Mm-hmm. So everything about Kid Valiant was, here you go, this is what you're going to do. So I started at a promotion called Premier Pro Wrestling. I've only had two matches there because uh, they went under mm-hmm. for some reason I don't know or don't recall. Mm-hmm. Um, I got hit up. I was 15 at the time. They like messaged me, hey, would you like your first match? We've heard you've been training for this amount of time. We've had a reference by Jason Crusher Cole. Would you like to do it? I'm like, of course. Um, any requirements for me? The biggest thing that stood out to me, and I'll get into it later on if the conversation goes down that way, was the mask. Mm-hmm. They were like, you've got to be a mask wrestler. Right. And being 15 at the time and looking up to other people like Jeff Hardy and everyone else who was maskless, the only real mask wrestler I knew was Rey Mysterio and Sin Cara. Mm-hmm. I was like... Uh, I don't really want to do that, but being 15 and me wanting to have my first match, I was like, yeah, okay, I'll do it. Mm-hmm. And then the name, uh, I was thinking of names, I was like Oblivion, I was like, oh, Dasher, just thinking of random names. And then I was like, look, I'm stuck, can you help me out, please? And then Kid Valiant came along because the booker was like, you seem like a courageous kid. Mm-hmm. Valiant's like a, another word for for um courage in case a few people didn't know yeah, yeah. um it was like you're still a kid and like you're going to be set fresh 16 when you wrestle in this match kid valley and i was like that name sounds great you know it was i was like yeah cool stuck with it so i did that debuted name got out there only slightly and i'm like okay 
I can make this work. And then um, as I got older and as I had bigger matches, you know, I wrestled M and the Kid within my first wrestling uh, year of wrestling. And that really got my name out there a bit more. And I was like, okay, this is something I have to keep doing. As much as I didn't like it, because being under a mask, I did not like it at all. I had to do it because I made it work for myself. And then um, DMDU approached me. They were like, hey, we would like to use you. And, you know, Kid Valiant really skyrocketed under the uh, DMDU banner, and I'm very much appreciative of them. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome, man. I I thought um, the look, even like the mask look, stood out straight away when I first first saw Kid Valiant debut for DMDU. Uh, the the denim jacket it was a really cool mask that used to go under as well and so straight away it stood out you know how how long have you been wrestling for in total now um three years but okay. if you take away covid two and a half yeah wow okay yeah yeah but um and you know, i've already done amazing things and i've already done big things yeah. and I'm just like mind blown at the fact that I've done so much in so little time. Mm. Right place and right time, you know. And also, I I'm think just... it's probably, you know, positive attitude and and also talented skill set as well because uh, you can see you, you know, doing the right things and then also putting on these like amazing matches. You know, where the match you had with Robbie Eagles was pretty amazing. He is, you. you know, probably one of the the best, if not the best, Australian wrestler in the country at the moment and. What was it like, you know, getting in the ring with that guy? Oh, Robbie Eagles is in a whole nother level. Mm-hmm. Um, he rocked up an hour before the doors opened, mm-hmm. and then I got to meet him for the first time, and I was like, ah, oh, this isn't a rib. It's actually happening. This match <laughs> is actually going to happen. Because <laughs> I thought for the longest time it was a rib, and then the match announcement came up, and I'm like, okay okay, it's real. <laughs> and then I saw him in person. I was like, oh, it's it's very much real. The pressure is on and it's live on IWTV. Mm-hmm. Extra pressure. Because everyone knows how big of a star Robbie Eagles is. Yeah. And, you know, former New Japan IWGP junior heavyweight and junior tag team champion, like that, come on, that alone is... Whoa. Uh, being in the ring with Robbie, he's just so damn good. Um, he looks after you in every shape and capacity. He always checked up on me before even going out that curtain. He was like, are you okay? Because like, I freaked out. This is a guy I've looked up to. This is one of the only Australian wrestlers that I very much idolized. He was like, are you okay? You're going to be okay. Just breathe. Um, just like I said, Robbie's on a whole other level and words kind of... I'm like a month out. From the match. Well, not even a month out, sorry. A month's been passed yeah. since that match, and it's, I still don't have words yeah. that can express the feeling and the gratitude I have for that man. Mm-hmm. Um, he's helped me so much. The uh, feedback he gave after the match, like the way he briefed the briefs at all and just goes into it is absolutely helpful, and it's helped me in so much, in so many ways. Um, but... Everything from the Robbie match, the only word I can think of is grateful. Yeah. You know, grateful for Robbie mm-hmm. for uh, wrestling me, grateful for Dean to you for, you know, considering me and 
allow me to be in that position when they have so many other talented wrestlers there. Um, I'm forever grateful for Joel Bateman, uh, Jay Stevens, Callum Butcher, and Dick. I'm forever grateful for that whole experience and that whole opportunity. That's awesome, man. It, it, it speaks a lot to your mindset to, to even say it that way, you know, to talk about gratefulness. You know, it, you're such a young guy, you know what I mean? And you, you just seem to have like a really smart head on your shoulders and the, the path that you're on, you can kind of see it spreading out. And as they give you these opportunities, when you look at it that way and you choose to ingest it and understand it with gratefulness and, and then move forward and stuff, like it, it just builds a path for success, man. So like if you continue with that attitude, I can only imagine great things. And then, then when we talk about the, well, the events that happened at the, the Spiders event, people will have watched now on IWTV was an amazing match between you and Royce Chambers, who, again, one of the best wrestlers in Australia. Oh, 100%. And, yeah, straight up. And then the upset victory by Kid Valiant becoming the deathmatch down under heavyweight champion. I was in the house. It blew my mind. I was like, what the hell? It was the ultimate underdog story. Without going into what happens next, let's take it piece by piece. How was it getting in there with Royce? And especially under the circumstances because, you know, Royce revealed that he's going to walk away from wrestling for a little bit. Look, um, before the show, Royce texted me in the morning. He was like, um, sorry if this is going to disappoint you or anything like that, but my head's not completely in it, which is, you know, um, I'm very much an advocate for mental health. You know, if you're... I support everything that man's doing. Mm-hmm. It was like, uh, this is what the plan's going to look like. Um, are you okay with that? I was like, of course. I'm just happy to be in the ring with Royce Chambers. That was the one thing I really wanted to be in. In any shape and form or capacity, just being in the ring with Royce, uh, Royce Chambers is still a big thing to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, the match with Royce was great. Um, I had a lot of fun with that and he did too. It was the first time he told me that he very much enjoyed a match without having to stress over anything. Yeah. And to give him that match and to give him that, you know, headspace of him just enjoying himself. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just hoping he's okay. Yeah. And I'm just very much hoping he really did enjoy that. And he did mean those words because that's all I wanted, wanted out of it. And, um, but yeah, the match was fun. I had my, uh, my partner with me, Rochelle Rogue by my side when that, uh, big moment happened, when I got the, the three count, mm-hmm. when I became the DMDU heavyweight champion, um, man, that's my first title victory. Yeah. Wow. What a ever. title. And what a championship. <laughs> on <win>. IWTV. <laughs> on IWTV, um, to win the, uh, the death match down under heavyweight championship to have, my parents in the front row mm-hmm. to have my partner by my side was just an overwhelming emotional experience. Yeah. You know, there was gratefulness. There was, I deserve this moments. There was a lot of emotions flustering around my head. And I was like, just so happy to be in that moment. Mm-hmm. You know, I held that championship with honor for the five minutes I had it. <laughs> <laughs> Um, hey, you're in the history books. That can't be taken away from you. you know I'm I mean? the third. Well, yeah. I've made records already. I'm the youngest DMDU champion. Mm-hmm. I'm the first person to pin a champion in DMDU and to win a championship off them. Yeah. 
And I'm, of course, the lightest champion of all time and the shortest reigning champion too. And the third ever. (laughs) And the third ever. So history maker. Yeah. In so many many categories. (laughs) But that moment will forever live rent-free in my head. Yeah. You know, Mm -hmm. to win a belt as historic, I'm going to say, as that Mm -hmm. and as major as the DMD Heavyweight Championship was... Absolutely mind-boggling. It was such a surreal moment. And it's forever going to be one of the best moments of my career. Yo, let me stop you right there. I just need to holler at everybody and tell them about NordVPN. This service has been a bit of a game changer for me, man. Not only are they one of the first services, you know, to believe in me and to believe in this podcast, which is pretty amazing, but it's also been great to, like, pick up my internet access and throw it around the world. I've been able to access all the streaming services. I've been able to check out different shopping sites. It's keeping me safe and sound on the internet and protecting all of my important data. It's been pretty damn awesome. So if you want to give it a chance for yourself, if you want to try it out, if you want to get amongst the glory that is NordVPN, just go to nordvpn.com feels and use the code feels get up to 70% off your NordVPN plan and at one additional month for free. Uh, it's also risk-free with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee, which is pretty sweet. So yeah, nordvpn.com slash feels and use the code feels. Now let's get back to the interview. Absolutely. And I think as well, sometimes holding the, holding the belt for huge reins isn't as valuable as what's done with it, you know what I mean? And all of the moments that we just laid out and then what happens is more valuable, you know what I mean? Mm. Because the I was there in the front row and this, um, so for everybody will have watched this, but if you haven't, check out IWTV, check out Not Here to Fuck Spiders. Um, but uh, Cracker Jack and Gore interrupt... Crackerjack ends up declaring a title match using his Australian Legends contract, whatever the fuck that means, uh, and <laughs> and then then uh, Kid Valiant valiantly defends the title against Gore, but it goes very poorly because Gore is very terrifying, and Kid Valiant had just been through a full full match, and then he immediately loses the title. But the you know the the look on Rochelle's face, you know you fighting no, ma- no matter what went through it, you know, all those things, overcoming the odds and eventually getting pushed down really built Kid Valiant as a, as a character and a, as a hero, I think, in a lot of people's minds, you know, and then seeing what happens next is going to be really interesting, you know. I thought, I thought you guys were perfect. Ah, uh, look, it, it stung, you know, yeah. that championship being taken away from me that quickly. Um, it hurt. Um, physically and mentally. <laughs> physically and mentally, you know. Um, <laughs> no, I had a. I literally just came out of that match against Royce, and then mm-hmm. Gore was to come out, and then Crackerjack using his Legends contract, which apparently has powers higher than DMD management for some bullshit <laughs> reason. <laughs> Cashes yeah. in, and um, you know, Gore is fresh. He hasn't had anything that night. You know, he just. You know, Gore being Gore dominates me, but I am never one to back down from a fight. I'm always willing to get back up again, and that's where Valiant comes in. You know, um, I follow John Cena's thing, never give up. 
Um, I'm always going to fight for what I believe in. I'm always going to fight for any circumstance in professional wrestling, my championship on the line, you know, Cracker Jack hit Rochelle, you know, yeah. I'm not going to let her get her and Cracker Jack get away with it. No, like I got to defend her honor. And then, you know, she ended up defending my honor in that sense too. When I got beat down, she was the one protecting me. Yeah, she was great. And a lot of people don't see that. She was the one protecting me. She was the one making sure I'm okay. So the real hero in that story would be Rochelle. Yeah. But I'm very much not done with Gore. Um, Geelong, the 28th of May. Um, I may have a few words to say. I may not. Um, you're just going to have to wait and see. But I'm not done. I want my title back. Um, I'm very much entitled to a, a championship rematch. Absolutely. So, um, yeah, I'm just going to choose my moments and make sure I um, get my championship back. That's all I want right now. That's my goal is to become two-time DMD champion. Well, that, that's another bucket list item to the first ever two-time champion you can add that to the list <laughs> i'm not called Skylord no more i'm called history maker <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> exactly that's it just keep breaking records man now absolutely but it was an amazing event man and despite uh going through your trials and tribulations as i say it's a it's how you get back up and i think uh there's going to be an interesting story told uh for you and for rochelle and and mm. how you uh seek your vengeance there hopefully. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, um, Gore is a terrifying individual, so I don't think anybody uh, would think any less of you for the way things went. <laughs> Look, Gore is just pure muscle, pure scariness, mm-hmm. but um, I won't ever let that get to me. Mm-hmm. Exactly. But, um, let's see where the uh, story evolves and what happens from there. Mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to it. Um, I just... Hopefully can't wait to get my championship back, potentially. That's yeah. that's the main thing. Absolutely. That's it. Have you um so what what events have we got next? Has anything been announced? Do you know where you're gonna be next? Um, depending of course, um when this is gonna get played. Um I have MCW on the fourteenth of May. Mm-hmm. I'm in the Ascension tournament against awesome. uh Jean Wen. Mm-hmm. I'm hoping to make a big impact on Melbourne City Wrestling and hopefully go on into round two. Mm-hmm. I also may or may not be on the uh, Geelong show, Malay at the Palais, mm-hmm. on the 28th of May. Um, any bookings in June? Um, I believe I'm on the War Game show. I don't know what I'm exactly what I'm doing yet, but that all just will play out. Um, if I choose the opportunity to say something or to do anything on the Geelong show. Mm -hmm. Uh, Off the top of my head, I have FWA on the 29th of May in Sydney. So I have that. You know, I'm pretty pretty lined up. Just a full schedule, really. Yeah. (laughs) But so young into your career, you're flat booked. Back-to-back bookings. It's insane. I would have never thought I'd be wrestling pretty much every weekend Mm -hmm. and for so early into my career and so early into this year too Mm -hmm. is like last year I had 15 matches Mm -hmm. currently right now I'm sitting on 14 matches I only need one more and I've matched last year yeah wow and And then not even into May yet (laughs) not even to May exactly it's crazy yeah but um 
yeah, I'm hoping to wrestle everywhere and as much as I can. You know, I've already wrestled in New South Wales. I've wrestled in Tasmania. Um, I'm hoping Adelaide and Queensland and Perth and Northern Territory, if there's something up there. Just I'm anywhere, sure. kick them all off. Anywhere. I just yeah. want to wrestle everyone. Yeah. Anywhere. Um, international, hopefully. Mm-hmm. I really would love the chance to go over to New Zealand, a heathen combat, or even um, America. Like a big goal for me right now within the next two, three years is to be on GCW, Game Changer. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, I'm just going to keep growing, just keep paving my way until hopefully, you know, these opportunities arise. As soon as an opportunity comes my way, I always take it. Um, I'd be dumb not to. Because a foot in the door is a foot in the door. Absolutely. And from there, it can lead to other things. Mm-hmm. Well, just keep up that positive attitude, man. And I'm sure that will come come with it you know that that's all part of it it's being a good person you know outside of the ring and then you know a good worker within it (laughs) um rewinding back to the mask thing i forgot to ask you was there some trepidation about removing it i know you didn't initially want it but then you know you build up a bit of steam and you're wearing it and it's what people know that's the kid valiant package uh how did you go about deciding to do away with it uh so when dmd approached me um, I told Joel, I was like, look, I'm just going to remove. Because originally I was supposed to be booked at NAW last year too, but then that went under. I was like, look, I'm just going to remove my mask in a promo. I'm sick of it. I'm done. And then Joel approached me with the storyline of me against Navara and how that continued on to where the eventual mask versus hair match where, you know, I ultimately lose the mask. I was so looking forward to that. <laughs> you have no idea. Yeah. I hate that mask with a passion. <laughs> I, I, oh, yeah, like ma- ma- masks are, are so expensive too. Yeah, I think I think the the Cara looking mask was one fifty, mm. and then I made a custom green mask which never got used, and that was like two hundred something dollars. Yeah, wow. And then the white mask I got, which I wore for like the last three shows, was like fifty bucks. So they're not cheap. So it was a money thing and it was also a mentality thing. It was like, this isn't who I am. I can't express myself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the, the mask hid everything I can do. I feel a lot more confident in the ring. Yeah. You know, I can be the smart ass self. I can be a little bit more comedic. I can actually show genuine reactions from things mm-hmm. where when the mask just took away mm-hmm. all of that. Yeah. So when it got closer to me losing the mask, I was like, yes, thank God. It's going to be over very soon. I cannot wait. (laughs) But there was also like a very, very tiny part that was like, what if I lose this mask and I like start from zero? And like everything I built up has gone. Like there was a very, very small uh, part of me that was like that. But, um, you know, I just kept a positive attitude up. I just kept working as hard as I did. I, I worked harder in the ring after I lost that mask just to be like, don't forget about me, please. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I think I was one of the only luchadors in Victoria um, under the mask. Yeah. So that was gone as soon as the mask was removed. But just being free, I, I say freedom because Kid Valiant, like I said earlier, was given to me. It wasn't something... I necessarily wanted, mm-hmm. but I made a work and to get rid of the mask and to finally be, you know, the Sky Lord to be me is just so rewarding. Yeah. 
and the mask being gone is just a relief. Oh, that that's good then. I'm I'm glad that didn't come with any fear or anything like that. You did uh, enter at Spiders with a mask though. What led to the uh, Star Lord? Entrance. I mean, obviously, there's the <laughs> the Skylord, <laughs> Star Lord thing, but uh, that was a pretty cool entrance, man. You you're a big uh, comic book fan, or oh yeah, I'll show you on my camera actually yeah. mm-hmm. right now. Just the amount of pop oh Jesus Christ, I, had. <laughs> and, um, I got Deadpool posters. Yeah. I got a Joker, Joker poster and everything. I'm a I'm a huge nerd. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I love DC. I love Marvel. Mm-hmm. I love Deadpool. I even got Deadpool tatted on my wrist. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so I'm a big nerd. Um, I originally was called Melbourne's Mask Marvel in my first eight months of professional wrestling. You know, that was that's just a rip of the MCU. Yeah. I actually came from the Melbourne Cinematic Universe. Yeah. That's where I resigned. Um, so the Star-Lord entrance... You know, I mean, my dad were just discussing nicknames because I was like, I went from the psychedelic and I had just Kid Valen. I was like, nah, I need something. I like, I need something a bit more to get that oomph with it. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, Airboard Kid Valen. That was a big one for me. And then that was like Skylord. I was like, played with words, you know, Star Lord, Skylord. Yeah. I was like, I love it. Mm-hmm. You know, Guys of the Galaxy is easily in my top three Marvel movies. Oh, I love it so much. It's so good. I was like, boom, done. That's perfect. And, I really amplify what Skylord is, just an underdog kid who, you know, races for the sky, makes everything a challenge and won't stop. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, just one night, walked downstairs to my dad's bedroom and I was like, so can we get a Star-Lord jacket? <laughs> and he was like, what? I was like, we got the, sky, uh, the Star-Lord mask upstairs. Mm-hmm. I want to do a big entrance for um, Spiders. You know, this is my first real championship opportunity. Mm-hmm. I want to make a statement i want to show off the nerdiness i want to really put to words where people are like oh okay sky lord star lord makes sense so i did that dad ordered the uh jacket he also at the start if you remember the uh, the start of uh come and get your love mm-hmm. before the hyper hyper he was the one who uh tuned that all and mixed it all together yeah, right. He, what, so, he, um, he, like, cut the clips together and stuff. Yeah, yeah, he, yeah. he cut it all. He added the uh, the <laughs> effect sick. that led into Hyper Hyper. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I just had a lot of fun with it. Um, a few people knew beforehand what I was doing. Mm-hmm. I don't think Jay knew. I think Jay just thought I was going to come out with the, uh, the Star-Lord mask and jacket yeah. and then come get your love comes on. Um, I had a lot of fun. Uh, Rochelle was very much just such a nerd. But she can't talk. She's a big nerd too. So, um, <laughs> no, nah, I had a lot of fun with it. That was a WrestleMania entrance in my yeah, eyes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Um, and there's going to be a lot more to come yeah. with um, a lot more other Marvel DC characters. Exactly. But, uh, you know, Star-Lord was the start of it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it was great. The crowd was into it, yeah, which yeah. was cool. Exactly. So, it's the kind of thing that, like, you save up for those special events and stuff and it gives everybody, mm. you know, something fun and something different for for it you know and makes it stand out yeah it was I think in terms of entrance wise that night i was the standout yeah yeah mm-hmm. it, well, was the other, it was cool the other big standout was of course alex cologne well <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> well obviously alex but, uh, obviously but um yeah i just 
wanted to have some fun. I wanted to do something cool that not a lot of people get the opportunity to do. Mm-hmm. I was like, you know what, I'm going to take my chances and um, I'm going to see what can I can do with it. And I think a lot of people liked it, so I may come out with it a lot more. I think the jacket's here to stay. So I think I'm just going to come out with the Star Wars jacket a lot more. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we'll see. <laughs> It's a cool jacket. It can work in... It's a multifaceted jacket. It doesn't have to just be a, <laughs> a Star-Lord jacket. It can just be a jacket, which is pretty oh. awesome about it. I'm a big comic book fan as well, man. I've got... We're talking tattoos and stuff. I've got X-Men on my... my oh, that's it. Yeah, exactly. That's a school of gifted youngsters, and then it flows uh, around to all like, the kind of leaders of the different teams in a graveyard. It's from a series called Endangered Species uh, back, okay. in the, back in the day. But, yeah, I don't actively collect the books anymore, but this place is still... I don't know. There's a shelf above me just full, full of like statues that I'm not allowed to clutter the house with. <laughs> That's amazing. You know, but uh, I've got a got a few kind of collectibles and stuff here. I'll tell you off, Mike, uh, when we can just uh, nerd out and not not uh, burn everybody out with just a nerdy comic book talk. But yeah, I just wanted to touch base with it on you because I I thought it was really cool. Uh, the other thing. Um, I was going to ask you about because I just uh, watched Poor Decisions today as it was live, oh, no. and I, won't, I I can't, like, let you go without talking about the chats. Oh, no. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no. Don't worry. I promise chats. I've got one more question before we end the interview so you don't have to end it just talking about the chats. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, the chats. The chats. <laughs> it, it was something. I'll tell you that. Sky uh, chat. Do I, do I regret it? <laughs> yes. Will I do it again? Probably. Um, you know, uh, besides wearing the very cringy outfit, I had a lot of fun with it. Yeah. You know, being with two of, um, really good friends of mine, Murdoch and, uh, Broderick. Mm-hmm. And of course, uh, Natasha was just a whole lot of fun. You know, we we're just, the way Joel described it was a dumb gimmick. It was like, it's like Chikara, a dumb gimmick, but with a good match attached to it. Yeah. But I think we leaned more on the comedy side of things, uh, because Murdoch, Got absolutely massacred throughout the whole match. <laughs> um, nah, look, the Chads, as much as I hated the uh, the stupid outfit, I had a lot of fun. I'll do it again mm-hmm. any day. I think it would work really well on Wrestle Rock. Mm-hmm. I would love to do the Chads on Wrestle Rock. Um, I think it suits it. Um, I'll do it again on DMDU. Not a main show, but on another Taking Back Sunday show for sure. Yeah. Or another Joel Bateman Hawko show. Mm-hmm. Um. This is all Joel's idea, not mine. So, <laughs> yeah, um, blame him. <laughs> blame Joel uh, for the people who cringed a lot. Um, Joel Bateman is the one to blame. <laughs> ah, it, it was it was something fun. Yeah. You know, it was one of the easy matches I've been in. Mm-hmm. Um, I had somewhat fun in it. You know, wasn't the best match I've been in, but like it was a lot of fun for different reasons. You know, I got to tag with two friends. I got to. Uh, drink to the ring and just have a good time and just vibe to the uh, pump up the jams. Yeah, and like your guys' opponents as well. Like it was the perfect, um, what's the the word I'm looking Match? for? Match? Yeah, well, yeah, kind of like straight men to to ridiculousness, no, you know, because you've you've got three very serious individuals and then you guys are just being absolutely ridiculous. It was great. Um, I want to see like the anti-Chad squad or something like that against <laughs> the Chads. You know, I know who's already in team anti-Chad, Rochelle Rowe. She hates it. 
she she always tells me like we watched back the footage and she was like i hate it i was like look i hate it too but like it's great at the same time but um you know the chads i think looking at twitter right now is uh blowing up so i'm not gonna be surprised if they show up very soon but um, in the meantime, Chad is history. I'm just going <laughs> to let that rest until it needs to come back. <laughs> until it comes back. Well, l- like you said, on the right show, and it seemed to have the, like the right vibe for that um, like laid back kind of beery afternoon show. So mm-hmm. I, I think it was a lot of fun. And yeah, I know a lot of people seem to be having fun with it. Uh, and it, it sounds like you guys may have even picked up a fourth member because I know Casanova Valentine was claiming himself as Death Chad. So, our cousin, <laughs> yeah, our cousin. cousin Death Chad. Exactly. Yes. So you oh, know it's God. over if Cass likes it. Ah, oh, look, as soon as I saw that tweet, I was like, oh, we got a new family member. There you go. Yes. That's all you need. The, the Chad ranks grow. Yeah, 100%. Cass, Death Chad, we would love to have you in another tag match, please. please. There you go. And I guess Death Chat is a good segue because I know come the Dream Tournament, you were like, Joel had mentioned you were listed as an alternate for that tournament if something went wrong. Is that something that you, you hope to do or, you, or you're still on the fence about whether you would want to do a death match? Okay, so my mentality is still, I will love the opportunity mm-hmm. to do a death match when, the, when it comes mm-hmm. around. Mm-hmm. Um, I said no to a few opportunities last year because I felt as if I wasn't ready. Mm-hmm. Um, one of them being at uh, Come Correct last year where, of course, someone got hurt in the main event. Joel yeah. called me out. I suffered from an anxiety attack, mm-hmm. like a major one. Well, I mean, I, that that's a little bit different. That's no preparation. That's on the spot. So I don't think you can can be too look, rough on I, yourself, you know. <laughs> I was very much so keen. Like, I rushed to the back. I rushed to go get my jeans, but everyone just on top of me and just being already overwhelmed with emotions. Like, Oh, I'm the first name he thought of. Yeah. And just like everyone just berating me. Mm-hmm. Like, of course, in a polite way, but it was just like over the top. I just broke down. Yeah. Uh, so ever since then, I just looked at Deathmatch at a stance. It was like, I'm happy to do one. I would love the opportunity to do one. But now it's very much when it makes sense, mm-hmm. like in a story. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm happy to do a one-off one on like a Sunday show or a secret show or just whenever it comes along. Like, hey, would you like to wrestle Joel? Would you like to wrestle Callan? Or would you like to wrestle, you know, Damo or Vixen or Mad Dog? I'm like, yeah, cool. If there's nothing else left for me and the death match is there, I'm like, I'd be dumb not to take it because mm-hmm. it's still very much on my bucket list. Mm-hmm. I respect and I love death match now because before Dean, do you, I didn't like it. But being around it for so long, I fell in love with it. Yeah. So yes, deathmatch is definitely on my list. I still would love to do one. Mm-hmm. It's just when it makes sense for me right now. Mm-hmm. Um, if Dream, if they offer me a spot in Dream, mm-hmm. I think about it and I probably would say yes. But I don't want to take a position where I can give give it to someone else who really wants to do it. Because mm-hmm. I'm still, like I said, when it makes sense. Yeah. Well, I mean, you're still very new into your career you know what i mean you're a a young person with like a a lot of athletic uh, upside and things like that so you know you you need to make these decisions when you know they suit you and it it would probably be a mistake to rush into it you know if you're not 100 percent invested you know but i just think it's always interesting because like it it might 
it must be a, t- a tempting uh, proposition, I guess, because like when you see the shows live, like I did at Spiders and stuff, those matches are unbelievable live. You know what I mean? Oh, they're, crazy. they're the main event and stuff for a reason, and you you can tell why that that it captures so many people's imagination. Mm. Look, being around DMD, I remember the first show because I ref the first show. Mm-hmm. So in case a lot of people recognize me, yes, I ref the first show. <laughs> um, I was terrified the first show. Mm-hmm. I was like, I don't like this. You know, I've, I've watched a few online. I'm just absolutely terrified. But slowly I got around to it. I was like, hey, I'm starting to love this art form. And yes, it is the temptations. I've been offered a few death matches last year where I knocked it back because I wasn't quite ready i was like look i don't want to rush myself into something mm-hmm. like i don't want to answer something being like oh yeah and then a week out from the show be like oh no so yeah it, the temptations are there there's always a little bit of bloodlust there um do i have a death wish yeah in wrestling um uh, but when the time's right and when the opportunity presents himself in the right time i'm gonna take it absolutely um I think somebody like yourself, like if it was something that you wanted to do, I think the innovation and stuff you could come up with would be very interesting. Um, that said, though, you know, it's a it's a very physical thing to do. You know what I mean? And when you're, when you're not 100 into it, then that's when mistakes are made. So I think when you're ready and stuff, and if it turns out being something that you want to do, then that's the right time to do it. You know, you don't want to... Don't want to half it or anything like that. But either way, regardless whether it's like death matches or regular matches or whatever, I cannot wait to see what you do next. Because like I said, that that performance at Spiders was literally a a star-making performance in my eyes. And I can't wait to see what Kid Valiant has got planned next, man. It's going to be really exciting. I very much appreciate those words. Like It means a lot to me just hearing it from yourself and a lot of other people, it still just boggles my mind that people think I'm good. Yeah. When I look back sometimes, I'm like, ah, I'm shit. But <laughs> I'm very much appreciative of it. And, you know, I'm very much looking forward to the future myself. Yeah, that's awesome, dude. Tell everybody where to find you on social media, man. Uh, Twitter, I'm at that valiant kid. Um, on Instagram, I'm kid.valiantpw. And on Facebook, I am... Kid Valiant Professional Wrestler. Um, where else can you find me? On YouTube, if you just search up Kid Valiant, I should come up. Um, I don't have a MySpace because I don't know what MySpace is and I don't know if that's relevant still. <laughs> I wasn't that alive was... when then MySpace was relevant, <laughs> says Kid Valiant. <laughs> um, no, nah, other than that, those are my social medias. Um, I, I believe I still have a wrestler merch store still available, so... If, there's something there. If you please buy a shirt, I would very much be thankful. Exactly. This but, guy's um, got yeah, to get to these matches somehow. Yeah. <laughs> I need to get paid, please. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. No, but, but uh, yeah, those are my platforms. That's awesome. No worries. So everybody out there, make sure you check out everything Kid Valiant. Make sure you check out Deathmatch Down Unders. Not here too. Fuck Spiders. And check out the amazing main event where he pulls double duty against both Royce Chambers and the almighty Snuff King Gore. Dude, I want to thank you so much for your time. It's been literally awesome getting to know you. 
And so for everybody out there, for Kid Valiant and for Faces and Feels, remember, it's all about peace, love and pro wrestling. Thanks everyone for listening. Faces and Feels is a DIY project created and edited in-house by me, Rafe Houston. You can show your support by following us on Instagram at FacesFeelsCast, Twitter at FacesFeelsCast and Facebook at FacesFeelsCast. Or send us an email with topic suggestions or feedback to facesandfeels at gmail.com and don't forget to rate and review us on iTunes. Our banger theme is Loose Lips Sink Ships by the Thunder Vipers. Check it out on Spotify. And now hang around for a quick word from some friends of the show. Peace out. My body is a roadmap of pain. Deathmatchworldwide.com The official online merchandise store that is only for Deathmatch Wrestling. Featuring official t-shirts from No Peace Underground, John Wayne Murdoch, Akira, Madman Pondo, Zona 23, Neil Diamond Cutter, G. Raver, Schlack, Necro Butcher, and many more. If you are a deathmatch wrestling promotion, manager, or platform and are interested in joining the web store, send us an email to deathmatchworldwide at yahoo.com. Deathmatchworldwide.com for the final view. Vinyls and violence a brand celebrating a love of music and deathmatch wrestling. Follow on Instagram at Vinyls and Violence. Follow on Twitter at Legalize Ranch, and that's Ranch with two H's. And buy the shirts from deathmatchworldwide.com. Vinyls and Violence. I'm pretty sure it's like some weirdo shit like Pokemon or something.